I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. This is a COVID-19 update. According to Cameron County Health Authority, Dr. James Castillo, despite the hope that COVID-19 would be under control after shelter-in-place orders were lifted, to the contrary, the number of hospitalizations is climbing in Cameron County. I know everybody's been really hopeful that this was behind us, uh, that things were okay. Uh, Some communities across the United States have been so blessed that that's the case. We were really hoping that that's what would happen for our community. And um, since the lifting of the shelter in place, we were hoping that things would stay under control. And we've talked to everybody about some ways we can all help prevent the spread. The physical distancing or social distancing, staying more than six feet away, the hand washing, um, but it's not enough. Uh, after we reopened, I think everybody was really excited uh, after sheltering in place. Um, we did such a good job with the shelter in place that we thought it didn't affect us. We thought it was only affecting elderly people in nursing homes. And, and that was our first experience in the Valley, in Cameron for sure. Uh, but since the reopening, the science is telling us that it's not over. We didn't even have our first wave yet. The wave is coming now. That was a warning. Next slide. These are our numbers right now. So testing, we have lots of testing. We're doing lots of testing. Across the state of Texas, tests are coming back about 6% positive. In Cameron County, they're coming back 30% positive, 40% positive. 50% positive. That's not good. We're finding more cases, and people are getting tested, and they're isolating, and we're doing the contact tracing, where we're calling them and we're giving them instructions on what to do. We're finding out people they may have exposed. We're calling them. If they're sick, they're getting tested. Those are all those linked cases that you see, and you see a lot of linked cases. We're finding those people and we're giving them the information they need to not cause other infections. What's really growing is the community cases, and most of them are in people under 40. We were hoping not to see this. Not every state has seen it, not every county has seen it, but we're seeing it. Next slide. So these are our numbers. From the very beginning, and this is only since March, it's hard to believe we're only talking about a little bit more than three months. And this is the way it's going. This curve is getting steeper. It's going up more quickly. That's called an exponential curve. You don't know you're on one at the beginning. All these curves start off very gentle. And once they get going, it's like a freight train. You can't stop it on a dime. You have to do something early to try to get it to slow down and then flip over to try to level out. So that's what we're talking about. These are our daily case counts. So these are the number of cases we're recording per day. You see the difference? So that little tab there is Memorial Day. And we were recording 10 to 20 cases a day. 
And then a week or so later, we're reporting 20 cases a day. A week or so later, 50, 40 cases per day. Another week, 80 cases per day. That's a doubling. So every week, the number of new cases per day is doubling. So in one week, you're reporting 10. The next week, you're reporting 20. The next week, you're reporting 40. Now we're up in the 80s and 90s. That means next week, 180. The week after that, 360. And, and onwards and onwards. As people start seeing this, people are going to get scared. And people are going to start following those recommendations we made more closely. And I hope it slows down. I hope we don't get to actually plot this out as an exponential curve. That's what will happen if we don't do anything. But I know people are going to do things. I know our community is going to do something about this because we can. To those who say it's just more testing, this is the number of hospitalizations. You don't get put in the hospital just because you test positive. All right? Not a very big percent of people who get COVID are going to end up in the hospital. Thank goodness it's actually kind of small. But still, look what's happening. The number of hospitalizations is climbing and climbing and climbing. And by the way, once people get into the hospital, they don't get out in a day or two. They could be there for weeks. So it starts turning into a pileup where more and more and more people are staying in the hospital for longer and longer and longer. Our hospitals, we gave them a chance with that shelter in place to be more prepared. If this had happened in March, this would have been devastating. That's what happened in New York. Our hospitals did everything they can to get prepared. They have COVID units, they have the PPE, they were prepared, they have protocols, but now they're filling up. And we cannot use all of our hospital beds for COVID patients. We still have people getting sick from everything else, from cancer, from heart attacks, from strokes. We need to take care of them too. If we lose the capacity to take care of them, those people we could have saved will die, not of COVID, of those other illnesses that we're saving lives every day. And by the way, we don't have an infinite staff. Just because we have beds doesn't mean we have staff. And you know what, doctors and nurses, and, and people, everybody who's working in the hospital are human beings, and they're getting sick too. And when they get sick, they can't work. And we're having doctors and nurses getting sick right now. They're getting sick and they can't work. And they'll hopefully get back to work soon. They'll make recoveries, most of them, most of them. But they're not an infinite supply. We cannot sacrifice them for this. Next. This is the number of estimated cases. It's definitely an underestimate. So right now, as of yesterday, there's at least 450 people in our community with active contagious disease. At least. So it's not gone. It's definitely here, and it's going up, and up, and up. So how is it spreading? And let's, let's talk about this again, because I think we all heard this, but it doesn't hurt to hear it again. What we've found now is that this virus is mainly spreading person to person. It can spread on surfaces. That's the importance of hand washing. But the main number one way this is spreading is person to person. And by the way, you don't have to be sick or feel sick to spread it. A person is going to be contagious, probably the most contagious, two days before they even know they're sick. 
So you think you're okay, and you're contagious. And then they can be contagious for up to another 10 days after they get sick. That's a lot of time that they can cause a lot of infections. It's spreading through droplets, which are little bits of saliva that may not necessarily float in the air, but they spray out like a sprinkler from your mouth when you talk, when you breathe, especially when you sneeze and cough. And when you sneeze and cough, they might go a whole lot farther than six feet. There's some studies that say that they're going 20 feet, 30 feet. But mainly, this virus seems to be contagious at six feet distance through droplets from people who are feeling okay, who are not wearing masks. All right? At the beginning, we were concerned about masks. They don't work for all viruses. There's a lot of viruses they don't work for, and we didn't know how it would work for this one. But now there's more and more studies coming out showing that for the coronavirus, if the person who is infected is wearing the mask, it does work. It does protect people around them. It keeps those respiratory droplets close by. It doesn't let them spread out. And if both people are wearing masks, even better. So the main driver here of this disease in the valley is people who are young, who are feeling good, and they're going out and they're within six feet of people without wearing masks for a prolonged period of time. The longer the time, the more likely it is you're gonna spread it and causing a lot of infections. And then when you're infected, you get to bring that home. And if you see your family, if you go to work, if you're around other people, keep on spreading it. So in general, the message here is the, the more closely a person interacts with others, and the longer that interaction is, the higher the risk of spread. Okay, this is not the most contagious virus in the world. It is not. Thank goodness it's not. And it seems like keeping that distance and wearing masks really does help. Really does help. Uh, it does spread by surfaces. This is the importance, again, of hand washing, especially before you touch your eyes, your nose, your mouth, because that just allows the virus that's on your hand to maybe get in. So hand washing works. Hand sanitizers work. So use them, especially if you're about to touch your face. So the best way we're going to prevent this illness is by avoid being exposed and follow these steps. So maintain a good physical distance of about eight, six feet uh, is number one. Wash your hands often with soap and water. If it's not available, use a hand sanitizer. Routinely clean and disinfect touch surfaces. This is why it's so important for businesses and for people in their homes to keep those commonly touched surfaces clean. Cover your mouth and your nose with a cloth face covering when around others. And when, uh, when the judge and the county put out that order, we need this to be followed. It's become uh, some, something carried away with politics or whatever, or beliefs. But the science has become more and more clear. This is a tool we can use to help preserve our economy. This is a tool we can use to help avoid further lockdowns or shelter in places. It's a tool, and if we all use it, that's when it's effective. 
Not just some of us, all of us. And the other one is if you get sick, if you're feeling sick, stay home. Get tested. Find out what it is. Avoid infecting others. There's a lot of talk of asymptomatic people. And that's one of the really sneaky parts about this virus. It doesn't have to make you very sick in order for you to be contagious. And there's also no way to tell who's it going to put into the hospital. And by the way, right now, there's 20-year-olds in the hospital. There's 30-year-olds in the hospital. Very sick. It can happen. Thank goodness it's rare. It can happen. And if you have thousands and thousands of 20 and 30-year-olds getting sick, a few of them are going to die. More are going to end up getting so sick they're in the hospital, and that is not a pleasant experience. This is not a virus you want. It's not a no big deal. You have no idea what it's going to do to you. And we're learning more and more about the rare complications of this virus. And the older you are, obviously, the worse it is. If you're overweight, if you have diabetes, if you have heart problems, the worse it is. And here in the Valley, we have a lot of people who have diabetes, and we're finding out just how bad this virus is for them. So why now? How come we're the face masks now? Um, we now have significant community-based transmission. We didn't have it before. Well, now we do. Uh, there's new studies that are showing that even cloth face masks work to prevent the spread. Is it perfect? No. Is it a perfect shield? No. But it works enough that we can slow down that spread enough that it makes a huge difference to how many people are going to get sick, and it makes a huge difference to how many people are going to suffer from this disease and get put in the hospital and die. But everybody has to do it. Um, so with the number of cases doubling about every week, the number of new cases doubling about every week, the younger the people uh, that we're testing are showing positive, the more people are positive. And right now in Cameron County, the hospital COVID units are nearing capacity or are full. Already, that quickly. That's why now, that's why we're talking about it now. We have to do something fast. So how are they working? Because I know there's some debate about this. Uh, so they're working by keeping those respiratory droplets close to your mouth. They're not letting it fly distances. Those droplets infect another person when they, when they get into their nose or their mouth. And when you put that barrier in front of your mouth, it stops that from happening. Um, but it works best when everybody's using it. And it's not just once you're sick. You have to wear this before you're sick. Again, you can be contagious before you know it. So here's a quick diagram to show this kind of interaction. So on the top, you see a person who has COVID and they don't know it. They feel fine. And they're talking within six feet of a person who's also not wearing a mask. If that interaction goes on, the longer it goes on, the higher and the higher the chances that that healthy person will get infected. And we've already seen plenty of cases where all it takes is about 15 minutes. It could happen in one minute, but in 15 minutes, the chances of getting infected are pretty high. If the carrier is not wearing a mask, and a healthy person is wearing a mask, that mask is going to offer you some protection, but not enough. Not enough. 
So if you're, if you're within six feet of somebody who's not wearing a mask, you might want to get away. All right? If you're getting into an elevator and somebody in there is not wearing a mask, you might not want to get in that elevator. Okay? If the carrier is wearing a mask and the healthy person isn't wearing a mask, look at that. You just protected somebody. And if both are wearing masks, that risk of spread drops to very low. Not zero. It's not perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. We have to offer enough protection to reduce these number of cases. And this is just a, a quick visualization of what's happening that you can't see. So when you're talking or breathing out even through your nose or coughing or sneezing, look at all of the clouds that are created. You can't see them, but they're there. And when you put a mask over it, there's still a little bit there, but it's extremely close to the face. So that's how these things are working. It doesn't have to stop all the virus. It doesn't have to catch every little bit. Most of these viruses are coming out in globs, and they get caught on the mask. Or at least the velocity gets impaired, it gets slowed down, and they don't go as far. So if everyone in the public wore a mask, countries that use these masks after the first wave show a significant decrease. Uh, we need to use it to prevent more cases and to, and to preserve our hospitals and to save each other. This is how we're going to help bend the curve of this virus and keep it under control in our community. It's one of the tools we can use. And so if we allow this to go without protective measures, if people are not physically distancing, people are out close to each other, they're not wearing masks, it's going to go out of control and it is going to exceed our hospital capacity. If we do these changes now, before it's too late, we're going to still have more cases. This is not going to go away, but we can keep it under control and help save lives over the long run. Thank you. Dr. James Castillo spoke during a recent press conference called by Cameron County Judge Eddie Trevino that included Cameron County health officials and hospital CEOs. This has been a COVID-19 update. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.